station. KTAR News on 92.3 FM. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. All right. You know, just yesterday, by the way, we had our Attorney General in. Attorney General Martin Burnovich, who recently announced that the state of Arizona was suing some of these vape manufacturers, vape companies, because of uh, them marketing or targeting products towards kids and the danger that that is. And that they didn't properly uh, mark the amount of nicotine on the package as well. Got it. Uh, We have numbers out, by the way. Uh, This study, uh, which was published yesterday, in, by the way, I know that this is something you sit around and read for fun. Alcoholism Clinical and Experimental Research Journal. Oh, yeah. I've got every volume, is it? Um. Found that the number of alcohol-related deaths in the United States has nearly doubled in the last 20 years. That alcohol, 2017 was the last full year they had. 72,558 people died of alcohol-related deaths. Context, about 70,000 died from heroin, fentanyl, illegal drugs, right? Mm -hmm. Which we hear a big scourge. We hear all these focuses on public health. Yeah. This worry about people. We have a dozen people die from vaping, and it's a national emergency. 72,558 people die in a year from alcohol, and we're like, well, yeah, that's just alcohol. No, I don't believe that that's the case. Um, I don't believe people believe, oh, no, that's just alcohol. Um, When you look at what the president and the FDA did back in December by raising the age of tobacco use to 21 in the country, uh, you already have about 30 states that have done that. The federal government is hoping to get the other 20 on board by raising it to, to 21. And I'm not opposed to it. So you're using the numbers here that there are 72,000 alcohol-related deaths among people over the age of 16 in 2017. Mm-hmm. So 72,000 people died over the age of 16 because of alcohol in and 2017. steady increase. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you have any idea how many people over the age of 18 died of tobacco use that year? It's uh, it's almost half a million a year, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Oh, I, so you I, have alcohol. I'm not promoting it. You have alcohol that the legal drinking age is 21 and 72,000 people die every year from drinking. Mm-hmm. You have tobacco that in that same year, the legal smoking tobacco consumption age was... 18. Yeah. And you had half a million. Right. I think by raising it to 21, you're not going to see that number drop immediately because it's a lagging indicator. But I think that you will see that number drop. My argument is a proportionate response to the threat. If you are a public health advocate, if you are concerned about the youths, if you're concerned about people's health, in order, your concern should be. Cigarettes. Number two, alcohol. Number three, illegal drugs, uh, heroin, fentanyl, etc. And after that, the numbers fall off dramatically. Any discussion, discussion of these other things is dancing around the edges. 
that the reality is the things that we tell people are, quote, legal for those over 21. And now we just had the debate about tobacco in Arizona, and I'm still not sure of the age. Um, you're, 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 you're whistling through the graveyard. You're missing the obvious. I don't know if it's necessarily missing the obvious because it's not so obvious yet. Because we know that tobacco, as you just said, is a killer, right? Absolutely. Lung cancer, emphysema, yes. heart disease. Horrible. Uh, just the top three when Agreed. it comes to tobacco. We don't know the long-term effects of e-cigarettes on the lungs just yet. So this is why I'm talking about it being a lagging indicator. Now, with the Trump administration and the FDA saying, hey, you know what? We're going to raise the age to 21. Um, All of these manufacturers of e-cigarettes, whether it be Juul or whether it be Enjoy or Views or whatever it may be, they're going to have to come to the FDA, apply, prove that their product is as safe as they're claiming it to be, and The issue I have with that is the FDA should have done that from the very beginning. The FDA is playing catch up. They let the genie abdicated their responsibility. They let the genie out of the bottle, and now they're trying to shove it back in. That's very difficult to do, and I think it gives people like you a lot of ammo. Going well, why now? Well, I agree with you. Why now? It should have been done a long time ago. But even though it wasn't done at the very beginning, doesn't mean you don't try to do it now. But grading on the curve again. I'm just looking at if if you were again plopped down onto this planet and told, what are the things that are going to be dangerous, harmful, can affect your health, and kill you? If you don't see cigarettes and alcohol at the top of the list, you're ignoring the obvious. So why would you be opposed then to raising the age of purchasing cigarettes to 21? I'm not necessarily. I'm not necessarily. I think we have a disproportionate response to things like vaping, where you have a minuscule number of people that are injured and or harmed and sadly died. You have this response towards marijuana that you still see from people, a cannabis and this, that, and the other, that is completely disproportionate to the reality of what actually harms people. But, but what I'm what I'm getting at is, is the age of 21. And if, if you want to smoke cannabis at the age of 21, smoke pot, you can. And a lot of states in, in, in this country. More and more every day. Okay. Right? Um, Maybe so, Arizona this year. We'll find exactly. out. Exactly. At, at the age of 21, in Arizona, if you have a medical condition, you can get a medical marijuana card. You want to go up to Colorado. You want to go to Nevada. You could do it recreationally at the age of 21, as well as consume a beer. So why wouldn't you put tobacco in that same category? I would argue that the 21 has no effect on it. Here's why. In 20 years... In the last 20 years, alcohol-related deaths have doubled. Obviously, the age isn't the thing that's slowing. Why? Why? And I honestly don't understand why. Why have alcohol deaths doubled in 20 years? What changed? Well, I, I think what's also changed in 20 years is how people are coping or their lack of coping skills. Think, turning to alcohol. I think a lot mean? of people are turning to alcohol okay. for coping. Okay. Um, I, I think that there are a lot of people that are just trying to escape reality and whether they escape it through alcohol, whether they escape it through just social media and just kind of, you know, scrolling and scrolling and scrolling, whether they try to escape it with opioid addiction, whether they try to escape it through work. We've had all these conversations. Mm-hmm. I think life has become more more stressful for a lot of people, and they're looking for different ways to cope. And I think alcohol we've seen in the last 20 years has been a result of that. And again, just to to put a fine point on my argument, I don't remember the number of people that died from vaping-related illnesses this year. Was it 12, 15? And I'm not trying to discount it. Each one a tragedy in and of itself. But there was a number. It was, how about this, under 100? Fair. 
and the lawsuits, the changes in laws, the public outrage, the demonization of, I'm just using vaping as an example, 72,000 people died from alcohol, 72,000. Get your get your priorities straight. So, Proportionalize your outrage and your concern for public health. Okay, but I mean, if you're concerned about public health, you're concerned about public health. Whatever you're concerned about, usually there's a story behind why there are individuals who are concerned about alcohol. Abuse. I have no evidence that vaping is anywhere near as dangerous as alcohol. None. I have no evidence to say that. But again, we don't know what any of the long-term impact is. I'm not sitting here telling but you we that. Do oh, know on, alcohol? Let me finish. Let me, we do let, know that. Let me, I can't do a one-to-one correlation because it hasn't been around long enough to do a one-to-one correlation. And I'm not sitting here telling you that vaping is just as dangerous as alcohol. No, I don't necessarily. Or even smoking. I, I, but we don't know. We don't know. You got to go back, Bruce, and, and, and take a look at when, you know, cigarettes came around and everybody smoked. But it was promoted. Different. It was promoted as a health food. It was promoted as a weight loss. Everybody did. You were weird if you didn't. And people got hooked and people died from it. It's they didn't know now. back then. We don't know right now. So I'm fine with what the FDA is doing, with what uh, State Attorney General Mark Brnovich is doing. And um I, I think that I think every argument you can make against we, I, and I can't I can't debate whether vaping is good or bad. We don't know. So I'm going to go with that is unclear. I can go with what is clear. Cigarettes are killers. Half a million people a year. And alcohol is a killer. Seventy some odd thousand people a year that we know the foregone conclusion. Set it in stone. So I got the numbers to those? prove it. If, you, if your argument argument is these other things are bad, yeah, start with those. Go nobody's back to prohibition. Ad, nobody's advocating prohibition or banning. They're advocating that raising the age of tobacco use to 21. We're banning flavors in vaping. For a time period. Yes, for and a time period. And there are flavors in alcohol. We brought this up with Mark Bernovich. What's the difference? Again, I know one kills you. I definitely know. I got the numbers. And it's a short-term application process and you may see some of those flavors come back on the market by the way i didn't even know this was a thing people are skipping love skipping marriage how about this skipping a real relationship and just going straight to sharing a baby that's a thing who are you people bruce st james and pamela hughes so you know, we, we've heard about things like co-parenting. Uh, something that's been really on the rise, Pamela, is uh, people not getting married but still having a family, having children, right? Cohabitating, if you will. So explain to me, explain to me the idea of having a, a child with someone that you really don't even have a relationship with. Yeah, like you said, right? it's going, it's skipping the love and the marriage and going straight to the baby carriage. There are websites <laughs> out song there. Like that, yeah, right? Of Isn't course there, there is. Okay. Yes. Um, and the, the websites are trying to match would be parents. So people who want to share custody of a child. Okay. Without any relationships. It's, it's like, uh, you know, divorce without the wedding or the arguments. Right. You get the kid, <laughs> but you don't have to go through the wedding Divide, or the arguments. You, you, uh, skip just... right to the end. So you've got wow. these sites out there mm-hmm. that for $30 a month, 
Yeah. Seriously, it's a subscription fee like this. For $30 a month, 30 bones a month. you'll have men and women who want a child together, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but no relationship. And they're, I'm struggling with this. You and I both, buddy. I'm struggling with this. I don't think I fully understand it. Now, again, I get the idea of people who say they don't want to be married, but they still want to have a child. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, we all know people like that, probably. We know people that are divorced and have a child and share this. But the idea that you have a child, like, how does that discussion go at some point? Oh, with the kid? Yeah. Oh, I don't think they've thought that far along. Oh, I honestly don't. Like, you know, what's mommy doing? I don't know. I don't even have her phone number. <laughs> I don't know who that woman the, is. You're going to have a relationship? I got no idea who but mom that is. that relationship is about the right. kid. The relationship isn't about the two of right. you. So the one Could website. tell you her favorite color. Could, I know nothing about her. The one website <laughs> says they've got about 90,000 members. Really? Right? And they've estimated that more than 500 babies have been born as a result of these co-parenting matches on sites. It's a so, thing. Well, it's a thing. And it also leads to kind of. I think a very obvious but yet uncomfortable question. How? If you don't have oh, a relationship God. with someone, uh, uh, right? Okay, yeah, I think I know where you're going for. How do you get the baby? Well, there are... They say that it's up to you, okay, oh, obviously. And, and and some of these babies yeah, yeah. Um, have been conceived naturally. Oh, God. Others have been through in vitro, insemination, all these different things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but it's you gotta have that. How are we doing this? All right. Um, I don't know you. You don't know me. We're gonna have a baby together. How how are we doing this? Because when I first heard about it, I think I've mentioned to you before that I had a friend going back to college mm-hmm. who, uh, 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 years later, as a Single woman said, I want a baby. Okay. Would you volunteer to be the father? Volunteer. And We're I taking said, volunteers here, folks. But I knew, at least I knew her. Right. And she knew you. Yes. And I said, I was, gen- she, we, she invited me to lunch. I had no idea where this was going. Imagine somebody springs that on you over the salad. You're like, yeah. Right? That escalated quickly. I said, no. I, I, I. Not as abruptly, probably, as I did here. By the way, I was like eight shades of red. But um, I was uncomfortable with that idea. This makes me even more uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, they've, they've, they've had some successes, obviously. Mm. They, they profiled this one couple that said that they met online. Uh, the one woman had a child, so the guy went to see how she parented the kid, was very comfortable with that. They had medical screenings. They got lawyers involved. Then eventually, she had to meet his parents, and he had to meet her parents. This you, is a lot because, more. I mean, you think about that. You have to, you're also going to have to explain this, not only to the child eventually, okay. but to your entire family, you social show up with circle. with one day. Yeah. Who's the father? Some guy named Bob. Why? Well, where did you meet him? On a website where you could just have a baby. I get it two weeks out of the month. He gets the baby two weeks out of the month. I, this strikes me as this if, is about if this you is a and good about idea, the kid. Yeah. Without a de- you should get a dog. Yeah. You should get uh, a okay. pet. Yeah, sure. You want to share? You want to share Fluffy? This sounds like you need a pet in your life, n- not a child. Well, b- before we had Riley, I, I uh-huh. had like you know the lineage of, of when I was going to be ready to have a kid. Let me just be be clear: nobody's ever really ready to have a kid. Regardless of, the but point. I started off with a plant. 
Okay. <laughs> Verde, the aloe plant, which okay. I still have to this day. You haven't if, killed the aloe if plant. I, if I could keep the aloe plant alive, then we'd get a dog. Okay. All okay. right. We, we got Chewy. All right. The right, uh, crazy right. chocolate the, lab. The lab, right. And, and while we had Chewy, I got pregnant with Riley. So it was plant. Plant. Dog. Doggy. Baby. Right. I'd suggest you start there. I think that's a solid, yeah? solid argument for people thinking of having a child with somebody they don't really get know. Get a plant together first. Get a plant together. <laughs> you get it for two weeks and I get it for two weeks. Let's see if we can keep that alive. I don't think you've been watering this fur nearly enough. Don't like this at all. How often are the Phoenix Police Department officers actually pointing their guns at people? There's some new data out there. We're sharing it with you next. St. James and Pamela Hughes. Pamela nailed it yesterday. You know, in the midst of all of the chaos and confusion over the Iranian missile attack, there was an earthquake in Iran, and then there was this airliner that went down. Originally, they said it was mechanical. We're now finding out, and, and you said, you, I don't believe in coincidence. I don't believe in coincidence. That um, we have, we, the United States, um, believes that it was, I'm going to say, accidentally shot down and that they have a surface-to-air missile radar being turned on. They have launches and they have an explosion in the area of the airplane that possibly the Iranians were expecting some sort of a retaliation and mistook this plane that it just took off as an incoming attack. Yeah, it appears to be I, I believe it's an accident. I don't think that right now there's nothing that suggests Iran did this on purpose. No. But again when you have uh, a, a 737 that goes down a few hours after Iran fires missiles into Iraq yeah. that's suspect. Yeah. No, I, I, get not, it. I don't think a coincidence. So we're learning more about that and we'll keep you posted. Yeah, a, tra- a tragedy all the way. A lot of Canadians on board, and I heard one of the reasons some 60-odd Canadians was that, you know, they'd been told to leave Iran, that it wasn't safe, and that they were just getting on whatever flights they could to get out. Yeah. So one of the discussions that, that came about after Phoenix police led the nation in officer-involved shootings was what could be done about it. What was unique about Phoenix? And, and I thought one of the interesting things was that the city of Phoenix was going to start taking a look at how often police officers actually point their guns at suspects. And I think it's an important question. And there are a lot of larger departments throughout the country that gather this kind of data. Phoenix police hadn't until now. And so we, we got a little bit of information late last year and in November about some data and how many times Phoenix police pointed their weapons at people. And what we had found is in one month that there were um, at least what do they have? They have like uh, 457 people were held at gunpoint. Got it. Okay. So more than 450 people in one month, which what was that averaging out to like 15 a day, something along those lines? Back then, yeah. If you did the math, it was roughly 15 people a day. So now we have more data because more time Larger has set. passed. Yeah. Correct. And so we're looking at a three-month period. Okay. And our TV partners over at ABC 15 crunched these numbers. And they started to find out that um, while 1,300 people had a gun pointed at them over the course of these three months... That averaged to 10 times a day. Okay. So we went from 15 to 10 on average. And I want to ask you, Bruce. Yeah. 
learning that Phoenix police pointed their weapons at people 10 times a day. 10 times a day. Does that strike you as a lot? Does that strike you as appropriate? Or does that strike you as not much? I wasn't sure. And I needed context. And I found out that that equates to less than 1% of, what do they call contact with a police officer involves an officer pointing a gun at someone. So it sounds to me like it's not very often. Here's something that it sounds I, appropriate to me. Appropriate. Yeah, Thank you. That sounds appropriate. Uh, yeah, that that's it's not some bizarre number no. like 50 percent of the times are pointing guns. You're in at a people. tough industry. You're going to yeah. point your gun at people. One percent of the time. I'll take it. They said a lot of those incidents were officers executing search warrants, yeah. stopping stolen cars or arresting suspects who were accused of a violent crime. So, again, sounds reasonable to me. Here's a question I have. Are certain officers pointing their weapons more than others. Okay. I would say yes. And here's why. It could be two different camps. Yep. And um, Phoenix Assistant Police Chief Mike Kirkenbach yeah. actually joined us earlier this week and talked about this. So why would a particular, let's say, type of officer be pointing their weapons more often than others? Do we want to track every time the gun comes out of the holster, or do we want to track every time the gun is pointed at somebody? Because there, there's a difference, right? Th- there, I will maintain there is a difference. Yeah. If you think of units that serve search warrants, for example, anytime a unit, whether it be a special assignments unit, SWAT, or other entity, their guns are going to be out because there's the possibility that there's an armed subject on the other side. Okay, so if you're in one of those camps... I get it. So you yeah. may have you may disproportionately do this more than other your officers. Job. But I, I think that what Chief Kirkenbach touched upon next is really what they're trying to get at. I think what we're trying to find out, from my perspective, do we have an employee who points his or her weapon at somebody disproportionate to the rest of the organization? Yeah. That's it. That's and That's that would be it. my thing because yeah. I think you could then extrapolate, I hope that word means what I think it it. means, that an officer who, compared to other officers doing the same thing, patrol, you know, uh, same area, whatever it might be, same shift, is pointing their weapon at suspects 15, 20, 30 percent more than other officers, doesn't that in and of itself then say there's also now an increased chance that they feel the need to pull the trigger. Sure, absolutely. And I think that the Phoenix Police Department would want that information. I agree. Because then you can, well, what's going on here? How can we better train you? Is what it a conver- training issue? What kind of conversations do we need to have to better understand why this is happening? You can't have those conversations unless you know that there's a problem. Mm. So by requiring this of officers, I think it's a good thing. And I think that the Phoenix Police Department is is making a healthy step in that regard. Yeah. The Humana Rock and Roll Marathon is back in the Valley on Sunday, January 19th. Come out and cheer on the participating athletes and enjoy music from many great bands. For complete details, head on over to the events page at KTIR.com or go to runrockandroll.com slash events slash Arizona. So when it comes to the e-scooters out there, the little electric motorized scooters you might see around, is Phoenix... Becoming a model for how other cities can deal with it. We'll dig into that. Coming up next on Arizona's News Station. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. The e-scooters out there. Remember when that was the scourge of our society? Well, there is um, a new program, at least in Phoenix, 
where we're attempting to address some of the issues. And I would say that as someone who's a proponent of these e-scooters, who's rid them and enjoys them, that I can acknowledge that uh, leaving them piled up on uh, street corners and sidewalks is not the best thing. You know what I'm saying? People tripping over them, et cetera, throwing them away like so much garbage. Uh, but we have a program now that um, other cities are taking a look at. Yeah, they're taking a look at what Phoenix is doing because the city of Phoenix uses geofencing. Okay. And if you're not familiar with what geofencing is, it's GPS technology, Got right? It. So pretty much if you rent one of these scooters... And I think Lime is probably one of the only ones that is now back in, in, in the city of Phoenix. Okay. There were a couple of others at a time, but they all kind of left and then got in compliance. Uh, and, and Lime was the one who did it. But you cannot end your ride unless you drop it off in a designated area. In other words, so, like the meter is still going to be running. So if you hmm. you open up the app, you yep. know what? You get the ride. All right, great. You take it to your destination, and then you go to end your ride. If you don't put the scooter back where it belongs in one of these like corrals, if you will, yeah. then the meter is going to continue yeah, to run. You're, you're still paying for it. So, Oh, there's an incentive. That has really helped in the city of Phoenix. Um Let's give you some perspective here. Yes. So it used to be where there were tons of violations, violations being where people left scooters where they're supposed are not supposed to be, like you said, on the sidewalks, people yeah. tripping over them, things along those. Okay. Um, the company that has to go out and pick up all these scooters that are being impounded said that in the first three months, there's only been roughly 240 incidents of these scooters having to be impounded or moved. Uh, that's well below, they say, what other cities are seeing. So other cities are now seeing what Phoenix is doing and saying, hey, uh, how are you guys doing this? How is it working? We may want to implement it here. It sounds smart. It sounds reasonable. It sounds like it's a heck of a lot better than banned scooters, you know, oh, you. Yeah, addressing totally. the issue. But Calme is one. So I... What I'm trying to understand is because I just don't I don't see them as much and I don't hear about it as much. I wonder if the novelty has worn off, like because I think a lot of people were riding these e-scooters just to try it out. Oh, they're there. Hey, let's get one. Like they would take it, drive it around and bring it back to the same spot. You know, they weren't going anywhere. And I find myself using them less because I'm unclear of the. Byzantine set of rules the and what? law. Byzantine. Okay. I don't know what I'll that word means. Keep going. I couldn't even Sorry, spell. It starts with a B. You. All right. Um, that I'm confused by. Am I operating it properly? Am I breaking some rule or law? Do you ride it breaking on the, the street? Law, Do you ride it on the, the sidewalk? Do I have to wear a helmet? Do I not have to wear a helmet? Can I ride it in this city? Can I not ride in that city? That is, it, it, it's confusing. And that's what's prevented me because I, I use them more so in California. Everybody drives here. I don't need a, an e-scooter yet. Although I did want to get one to come to work. I know because you did, look uh, like a hop and jump and a skip I away. Was like, I could just e-scooter to work. Woo. Just for fun. Um, but for example, I'll use this. Uh, Santa Monica. A lot of people know the Santa Monica Pier, the beach, yeah, Venice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like every city kind of along the coast has a different rule when it comes to the scooters. And you could literally break the law by riding your scooter across the street and go from Venice to Santa Monica, and all of a sudden, you're in violation. So I've stopped riding them only because I don't understand where I can. 
So they need like a little leaflet on it or some rules. Like, like hey, I'm going to read that. Uh, like you're going to wear a helmet. Too, like I'm going right? to wear a helmet. Uh, be- I'm not wearing a helmet. Well, in some places you're supposed to. I right? get it. And one of the reasons why they, they want you to do that is because we're starting to get some data from the amount of injuries that people are getting from using these these scooters. And obviously, millennials are going to be the ones that are injured the most. Why? Because they're the ones that are using it the most. Okay. I mean, that's just kind of common, right? But uh, what they've seen is a, a ninefold increase in the number of injuries in four years. That makes it went, sense. It went it... from like 580 to 5,300. Yeah. And I think you've got more scooters and more people are using them. So it kind of comes to a numbers game. But a quarter of those injuries include like a broken bone. Yeah. And a third of them are injuries to the head. And and that's the thing. Just if like I, falling off a bicycle, your head might be. Yeah. yeah but I, I think bikes. Like, if I'm riding my bike on the street, I don't wear a helmet. I just don't. If I'm mountain biking or road biking, I do. Hmm. And then, um, because if I fall, if I, if I were to fall off the bike and break my ankle, my, it's going to suck. It will. Right. But your ankle's going to heal. Your noggin, totally different story. And so, you know, for me, I I just think that like, if you're going to be like zoom, zoom, zooming in and out of traffic and stuff like that, it just makes sense. Same thing with like motorcycles. I don't understand the people that ride without helmets on motorcycles. My, um, my neurologist. Did mention to me, Pamela, when I asked him if my repeated closed head injuries, yeah. like long lasting effect it would uh-huh. have on me, you know what he did say? He goes, it's impossible to tell. Everybody's different. He goes, but I, I do know this as a neurologist. No one's ever knocked sense into themselves. <laughs> he goes, it hasn't happened yet. Yep. I'm still trying. How's that it, working for you? Not so much. All right. Not so much. So what is the age to buy tobacco products in Arizona? There's a bit of a dispute. We're talking about it next.